Hello, hello. It's uh, 27 uh, of uh, January today and we are starting on our uh, next episode of uh, Small Talk for those who are listening in online. Uh, so today we have a very interesting topic. Uh, if you are watching via video, you can of course read it, but just to read out uh, for those who are just listening on audio, uh, the title itself today, Cracking the Code on Weight Loss, My Journey During the Pandemic. And then you can see uh, two pictures over there, you know, showing uh, my co-host today, who's going to be talking about his adventures, you know, in this entire period, uh, how he went through this journey. Uh, and But beyond that, I'm going to actually also use this opportunity to sort of jump in into maybe more of the local uh, Singapore policies. And it might even touch about like, you know, Asia-based policies on this, uh, you know, regarding weight loss and fitness. And I feel like this is a really important topic because to many of us, I mean, especially I think in the tech industry, we are white collar workers, right? And then, you know, most of the time we sit in front of a computer, we just type, type, type. So it's a good topic in my opinion, uh, not the most technical, of course, uh, but it's something that I think it's important for us to think about as we, especially as some of us grow older, I think this is something I've learned in my journey as well. Okay, but without further ado, uh, I like to bring in my guest and co-host for today, Harizwan, as seen inside this image over here, uh, who's the main person of this uh, session today. Harizwan, welcome. Hello, hello. It kind, of, it kind of feels weird to see all these like before and after images. It's like, you know, all those, um, you know, all those like companies that do, uh, that promise you fitness results or something, like fitness companies, I guess, <laughs> then they show the before and after. And, and it's always that thing where, where you look at this before and after, it's just like, oh, are they really the same person? But yeah, this time it's really the same person. <laughs> yes, In this definitely. case, it's really the before and after. I think the before is like, I think I was like traveling to Australia or something, maybe. It feels mm. very Australia-like. And after, I think this uh, return photo, that fast was it? I see the author Yes, there. that's great. It's yeah. uh, December, the first week of December, if I'm not wrong. So yeah, this has been the KL DevFest. KL DevFest? Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm, oh. This is the KL DevFest. This KL okay, so, oh, Yes. Okay. So for, for those who are, again, listening to the podcast, okay. So the I, I cut this photo out. I'm actually on the right side of this, uh, right side over here. And then <laughs> uh, I think Dr. Pooh. Uh, so he's a uh, GD in KL as well. He's on the left side, if I'm not wrong. Uh, but yeah, I conveniently cut out just uh, your, your side of the picture like, just to I mean, show that comparison. Uh, but anyway, just mentioning out there, like yesterday, I think uh, I was speaking to Harizon and he told me that actually this one is also not correct as well. Like on the left side, you mentioned the before. Uh, is actually even, the, the number is actually even higher. But this one is like the first recorded weight, right? When you got some success in this weight loss. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I was like yesterday sharing with you um, the, the data that I properly got for, for this. Uh, it was like uh, where I recorded on a daily basis. It started from 110. Before mm. that, uh, I think the, the if, if uh, for those like um, video viewers, uh, essentially that picture there is me inching towards the 130 kg mark, which is, a scary number if you think about it. 130 is that it's really a damn <laughs> that guy is big kind of uh size. So yeah, it's kind of bad. 130 kg is 
uh, it's something to ponder and like you make you kind of think like do you do I want to continue being this kind of weight? It has a lot of problems, of course. Like finding clothes is kind of close to impossible at that stage. Like, <laughs> but you you have had great success. Like, I mean, today looking at your, uh, I think the entire journey so far. But maybe we'll, we'll jump into that later on as well, because we, I think definitely you want to hear more. Like, not just about the secrets, but also the stories behind it. Like, I think if anything, the process itself is also the journey. People, uh, knowing how they can motivate themselves to go through the same change again. Maybe it's not just people in tech, but I think to give that uh, context that, you know, we are both uh, software engineers constant in general. And then I think people facing the same situation probably can use the same learnings as well. Uh, and then just to continue on what Harizan mentioned earlier about, yes, you know, you see there are advertisements outside. They mentioned about, hey, this is the before and then they show the after. I see these advertisements every day outside of like, you know, those beauty clinics and uh, in shopping malls and all that. Uh, this is not sponsored, so you know we are not really selling anything. Um, just a, a disclaimer for this. I think this is really like a very open sharing in terms of uh, what. Uh, maybe also just a share for myself. I also had a little bit of a weight loss. It's not a lot actually, but uh, I mean compared to yours, it's really not a lot. It's around seven kg over this entire pandemic period as well. Uh, so probably yeah, we'll explore and see. Like I think from the end, definitely you had a lot of success. And we can maybe talk a little bit more about how we went through this earlier on. Uh, so as per tradition, uh, usually I like to start off all this with a question. All right, Harizan, would you rather walk? Option A, walk. Or option B, jog. Or run. Uh, hmm, 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 so there's an answer hmm. from this, which is later on, you. I got the answer from Reddit. Some fitness subreddit i think if i eh, not fitness like i think it's like some uh, okay never mind we'll see later but i got like this response where a lot of people voted in this subreddit i mean if there was an option c even option if the option c was sitting down that would be the most that would be the most uh convenient i guess but then, wait, then wait, wait, wait. that's that's not in tune to our our <laughs> today, man. we're supposed to okay. motivate people supposed to motivate okay okay let's change our mindset between walking and jogging <laughs> okay but but the thing is between these two let's say we just if it's just these two options walk or jog slash run um definitely the preference here would be walking maybe because i'm just a lazy person i don't really like to move much mm. uh jogging just gives me bad memories uh <laughs> second yeah secondary school just yeah I, you know i i was never exactly Skinny. I mean, thankfully, right now I'm not officially defined skinny, but yeah, we'll get into that details later. But uh, there was this thing. Not sure whether you heard of it in uh, school staff club, but I'm not sure what they call it right now. Uh, oh, we, we can we can talk about that a bit. I okay. Yeah. I I want to throw a tidbit in there since we are talking about this now. I was actually in tough club before, but 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 okay. So that's the thing. Uh. I was actually in the underweight category, but for some reason, there was an administrative error. I'm not sure why. They, I think it was like a school policy. This was in primary school, by the way. So uh, for viewers, maybe if you're from overseas, primary school is between the age of 6 to 12. Um, and I recall, yeah, there's some administrative error. I think they, they just wanted to get people who were not within like some acceptable fitness range. 
to join the tough club. Like, again, I think it's just someone marking up the paperwork. So yes, I, I, I actually was there for maybe a couple of months and they, they make us jog around during recess. Is that the same as yours? Yes, but then if you're underweight, it doesn't make sense for you to... It doesn't make sense. I agree. Yeah. I, I got removed after that. I think someone realized that there was like a... Maybe there wasn't a lot of underweight people at that point and they didn't really detect it until maybe one day someone was like looking at like all the people jogging and how come there's like a skinny guy? I don't know. I To be honest... Um, I was just maybe, I was nine years old, I think, primary three. I think I was just nine years old, eight years old. Uh, and yeah, I just followed the rules like, back then. But yeah, I think to uh, also like, uh, just a bit of clarification, Tough Club essentially people who are on the overweight side of things. Yeah, I mean, for those... Okay, uh, that's true, that's true. Yeah. Would, yeah, I mean, maybe this whole concept of Tough Club is not exactly a big thing overseas maybe mm. uh, but yeah uh, over here in order to encourage healthy living in the sense uh primary mm. uh i think up to even jc level uh basically all uh formal school uh, essentially they kind of mandate uh, mandate mandate yeah mandate not mandate mandate that uh essentially all those that you know on the slightly overweight or obese category should go jogging in mm. their recess period rather than eat so yeah go hungry it's better uh, it's better for you to go hungry and run around the school rather than you allowing you to go and eat mm. yeah I, just mm, just also at tough if i recall correctly tough club the this approbation itself tough uh, taf right is trim and fitness right yes <laughs> it's not yeah. the inverse of fat <laughs> but it kind of, that, kind of is uh, okay to yeah that's why I, that to be honest yeah I feel like the person that gave the naming for this probably didn't think it through as well or maybe it's, it really feels like it's on purpose because I know a lot of people like it's a it seems like a very easy thing but it, okay like, I mean I, I, I don't want to be horrible I know there are kids that in school today maybe tough club is still a thing Uh, I'm absolutely not making fun of you I'm saying this in all seriousness but yeah I think Back in the day, I've seen people use that. Like you turn the entire abbreviation around, then it becomes FAT, and it's 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 not a good abbreviation. I had no idea why they went with Tough Club. Maybe they changed it after that. Like I I don't recall that word being used anymore in when I was in secondary school and JC. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, maybe because you weren't you weren't part of it. I remember no, roughly. I mean, you still see it in school, yeah. uh, You see, but I think it was called something else already. If I'm not wrong, by that time, like wellness club or something like that. Which, yeah. frankly speaking, I think is way better sounding option. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's even a club at that point. It's just yeah. you're forced have, yeah. to go in. <laughs> it's a policy. They demand you to be in and run around the school. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. no, since actually the interesting thing to the viewers is that we, we didn't even talk about one thing to come to this topic but I think le- let's let's discuss about it a bit um, I okay my personal take that like some a, a policy like this a fitness policy like this th- there's it makes some sense uh, that it's there and I know the schools itself in I think in Asia well in Singapore at least we can mention for that which is Every week, you usually have around one to two 
fitness activities. Uh, I think we call it PE or physical education. And it's usually around one hour, if I'm not wrong, like one hour of the activity twice a week or once or twice a week, depending on the school's policies. And okay, that may or may not be sufficient because I mean, I'm guessing everyone goes through that. Uh, having a sort of a fitness thing in addition to that, in my opinion, I feel like is is probably okay given that the school sessions usually is also, let's say if you're a morning session, right, you start around 8 a.m. today and then maybe you finish around 1 to 2 p.m. So it's kind of like, okay, you have breakfast first and then you have lunch after that. You're still having your three meals a day. Recess is also a bit of an extra thing, like just in case if you're hungry, you can eat a little bit. So I feel like that it's, I, I feel like it's a good thing if uh, for schools to want to you know, sort of uh, encourage healthy living. But maybe it shouldn't be forced. Maybe it should also go from the sense of uh, teaching. Like, you know, why should you be healthy rather than just go run around the field five times? Which I think to a lot of us, they did that, right? Just yeah. run. Like, they don't really explain it. That's right. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, I mean... We, we, we've gone through science classes by then, right? So you roughly, like, like probably everyone already roughly understands the need to be healthy. It's just that, mm. just because you understand the need to be healthy doesn't mean you internalize the need to be healthy. Like, I think uh, most for a lot of people, right, that suddenly had that, like, um, like oh, I really need to lose weight. Like, it usually comes down to, a, like, a health scare. Like, for me, it was, Okay, like maybe it's a bit jumping the gun here, but it was a slight health scare for me to like, okay, I need to lose weight. So that's when like, okay, kind of that whole concept of the whole principle of like, okay, I really need to be healthier in order to live a longer and more fulfilling life. Uh, that finally uh, came true for me. That, uh, that I finally internalized that concept. So yeah. But I, I don't know. It's just like uh, for everyone to each their own, right? Like everyone has um, different interpretations and different beliefs. This 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 topic is actually very. Um, everyone has an opinion on how how things are, like how certain things are healthy or how certain things are not healthy. Like we are, even you and me, like we have uh, we have different belief systems and different different uh, thinking behind this like for me i don't think <laughs> i don't think physical activity is is important but yeah, but if you are talking just about weight management it's not important that, that that's my thinking but yeah maybe you you have a different uh, thinking behind that but then like you know thinking aside of course uh, it's not fact um uh, facts are all in research papers and you know it's a pain to read on research paper uh okay and of course like before we proceed any further along this episode health uh disclaimer anything you take from this episode is you know this is just two random guys talking on the internet you shouldn't take this as health advice definitely go to your doctor don't don't listen to advice on the internet yep that's a very good disclaimer this is definitely not health advice for anyone listening to this or viewing this uh live right now um but it's it's a couple of stories hopefully that will help to motivate uh folks along the way and i, I fully agree with what you're saying in terms of the belief system that uh, it's true 
you know, the belief system can also extend across multiple different verticals where, I mean, I think you, you are talking more in terms of, uh, I guess, leisure, enjoyment. Like if, if you enjoy good food, you know, you, you may be more of the mind that I, I don't have to worry too much about it. Uh, but there might be people who come from also other, uh, I guess, schools of thought. Okay, I don't want schools of thought is a little bit too, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, like complicated, but it's not really that. It could be even something as simple as I, I have work and I don't have enough time to, I don't know, like think about eating healthy or like it's just easier to just take away fast food and eat it. Like, you know, things like that. Um, yes. It's a very comprehensive topic, but all the more so... In my opinion, since we were talking about things like tough club, fitness in school, right? I, I think that in today's world, it's very relevant to teach physical education, like not just as a physical, like just running around, just doing physical activities, but more as like a the actual topic where people, like you, you have abundance of food resources today. I think th- that's, that's what we're presented with in the present day society. But I think... In some sense, with the abundance come the other side of, okay, we should be educated on healthy choices, maybe? Like, that's something, if we really want to start ground up in terms of fitness, you know, as a population, as a whole for a country. And, I mean, I'm trying to draw parallels to this from, like, you know, let's say sex education, for example. I'm not sure if you remember about that in school. They do it when you are, like, 10 or 11 years old, and they try to educate you on those and to make sure that you don't make poor decisions like a few years down the road uh and i think in that same way right as you go through puberty you know you go through that type of education i think it's also the same that when you go through puberty you you will face you know weight changes you will face that level of growth and i don't know i feel like that it's probably good to start education there okay but maybe anyway that that maybe is something uh I guess of a different topic, education in itself uh, as a whole in the future. Uh, anything to add on to that before we move from from this topic? Yeah, let's let's. I mean, let's move on to the actual. Let's move on. Okay. Slash data. <laughs> sure. So, okay. Like, so the things that we techies like to talk about. Yes. Okay. So I think your answer over here is walk, right? Yeah, my answer is walk. All right. I am also of the opinion of walking. Uh, I'm more on the side of also, okay, either walking or jogging. La. Not not running. I don't prefer to run or sprint. I think that's a bit too much. But okay, for everyone who's uh, listening in, so this is, okay, the subreddit itself is called Would You Rather? Uh, so yes, um, please ignore that third choice over there. I know you mentioned uh, about the third choice just now. Please ignore that third choice. I don't think that's what I'm going for. Uh, but most people do uh, prefer to do a walk uh, as opposed to jogging and running. Yeah, so yeah, no huge scientific reason behind it. Uh, but I guess we mentioned about preferences earlier on. Uh, for myself, I think uh, uh, walking, walking just seems more fun. Uh, I mean, because I, I do the activity about walking on the side, right? I, I rather walk and talk to someone and then go for hours. Like, I'd rather walk for three hours than run for 15 minutes. Uh, I mean, sure, you might still end up burning more calories through running, getting more vigorous exercise out of the way. Uh, but I think that's... That just feels like you're... It, it's not very interesting. La. Maybe I'll just put it that it way. It feels like a chore. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like a chore. Uh, but if you can 
at least make things interesting, fun. Like, you know, over the last few days, we walked, right? I mean, with a couple of friends. I think those are the really interesting parts where you walk along, let's say, like Singapore River and you see there's a huge moon in the sky and you think, like, you know, clamor over it, like take photos. Like, it, those are the really interesting moments. I think that's like, sort of worth like leaving for, right, in this walking sessions. Now. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, I won't dawn on this topic anymore. I think, yeah, we do want to, to get to the main topics. So the first question is more of a context uh, setting question. So jumping to it. Uh, all right. So I, I think that this entire podcast itself is meant to be more of a, like more technical base. And I assure you, this is not entirely the most technical, but it's still going to be coming from the end of like, you know, software engineers or people in tech like ourselves. And I think this must be the question a lot of people are thinking or asking, which is what does weight loss got to do with tech. Um, so just now I mentioned a little bit about the context, which is that uh, I think it, it's it's clear. Lah. I mean, for most of us who are working in this industry, right, we are all office workers. We're all white collar workers. Uh, unless if you tell me you are working in a data center for like one of the cloud uh, environment, uh, was like cloud providers, and you are you, somehow you're working around the data center every day. Uh, I don't know, maybe like shifting servers around. Maybe that that's that would be because that's the extreme. But I think for most of our engineers, the you would fall under the white collar worker labor itself. And the idea is that most days, I'm going to guess that we just sit around and we just uh, basically update. Let's say, you know, you're writing code, you're reading PRs, you're reading RFCs. All of those just require a computer and you sitting down there. Even if you're standing up. Okay, I know there are some people who are going to say, oh, I have standing desk. Uh, I'm gonna tell you straight up that I have I have done standing desks over the years. It doesn't help with weight loss. It's in fact I wouldn't even call you a fitness thing. Uh, I think if I'm not wrong, you maybe only burn around twenty or thirty calories a day if you are standing the whole day. So you barely burn anything. You might as well sit down. Um, okay, uh, I'm not trying to discourage people. La. I mean, if you want to stand up, you stand up, la. Like I I do stand for work today just to get my blood flowing. I can think better. Uh, but it doesn't help too much with fitness, lah. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's my take in terms of uh, the sort of why this is related to tech. And later on, actually, maybe not later on, uh, I can kind of jump into the context here. By the way, Harizan, feel free to jump in anytime if you see that, you know, something I'm saying maybe doesn't make sense or you disagree with it. Um, so just to also talk about, like, you know, some of us, especially if you're residing in Singapore, you might have seen this infographic before where it's put in by the Singapore government, uh, giving a recommendation that in order to stay fit, you need to uh, do around like 100, at least 150 minutes of moderate exercise. Uh, the moderate exercise itself, I think over here, they just classify it as, uh, it can be you talking, uh, sorry, it can be you doing an exercise and you can still talk, but you can't sing. Uh, you can really consider it moderate. So I think the, the our walks itself, it's somewhat considered as moderate, uh, as long as it's like a brisk, uh, kind of like a fast pace lah. okay I mean it depends right I mean sometimes like we'll be like walking okay maybe, maybe depends on the people you you walk with like some yeah, people yeah. are more of a brisk walker uh, mm. but, but you know in, in many cases like you know uh, most people will just uh, let's say if you're walking by the park and you're trying to like mm. view all the sites I don't mm. think we'll even hit moderate like most of the time will be a light kind of exercise intensity right Hmm. I guess in the end, okay, lah. Speed probably will be a good parameter on that. Uh, the faster you are moving, most likely you are exerting more of your 
uh, physical ability. So yeah, I think I definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> another another big reason. Uh, so I I just added these slides in maybe like half an hour ago, like slightly before we started. <laughs> this screenshot actually is something I showed. Um, some some of my friends in like including Harizwan in our close group uh chat la. and I wanted to add it in because the more I thought about it, I realized it is building towards this context, which is that uh the in terms of young adults, you know, you and I uh starting to join a workplace over the last 10, 20 years, uh the I mean it's it's quite clear la. when you get out of school, right? I mean, maybe let, let's not talk about ourselves, but if you look at your friends, right, most of them gain weight, right? I think even, okay, I, I would say for myself, I look at a picture of myself in the past. I, I definitely gained weight since my army days, since my uni days. And over here, I think I specifically highlighted two different texts over here, which is that uh, this is from a paper that uh, was studying on uh, young adults after they, uh, like, you know, physical activity and weight, uh, which I'll show the full study later on. But over here, some interesting facts, which is uh, after starting work, work uh, 60% of Singaporean workers gain weight putting out an average of 3% per year for the first three eight kg. years. <laughs> three kg. Three kg. I don't know why I say 3%. Three kg per year for the first eight years. And okay, blah, 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 other stuff. Blah. But it's, it's average three kg a year is a lot. Uh, and then one third of uh, adults uh, regularly took, took part in leisure time physical activity while 42.9% did not exercise at all. So that, that's actually alarming in the sense that because our job doesn't have a huge amount of that physical activity and if it's contributing towards that 3 kg a year right that's that's not good lah. yeah and then I, I think i think that's a, that's also one more thing that uh although we have this study right that's uh. i'm not sure whether the study goes in depth into like who is actually surveyed and how they actually get the survey results um and also at the end of the day also it is a survey after all so people People lie. <laughs> People tend to lie. Either that is they, true. That is true. Yeah. Maybe their memory, they, they don't have a good memory. Like maybe actually they thought they exercised, but actually they didn't. So maybe who knows? Maybe actually the 33% that said that they took part in leisure is like maybe it's actually way lower. Like they thought they exercised like one week ago, but actually that was like last year or something. <laughs> mm. yeah, a bit of an extreme example, but yeah, that could be yeah so when you mentioned about that people might be lying about this um mm. it it does remind me about this one thing so i'm gonna go to the next slide which is this is the study where it's based on and the one thing that really surprised me uh okay maybe i'll just focus on this sentence really quickly uh this one is saying that for this study right they surveyed people uh who were young working adults who like mostly who came out of school taking white collar jobs um, okay, but the thing that surprised me, the which is when I calculated amount of light and moderate activity, right? Uh, just to be clear, over here, this is this column over here, or rather this whole graph la, shows the different type of activities that uh, this surveyed personnel go through. Uh, it talks about the amount of hours spent of each, for each of these activities. So I only want to focus on the physical activity part. You're, you can look at the others if you want later. They even talk about how long you take to eat food, which... Um, Interesting that they surveyed that. But anyway, looking at the average amount of time, uh, they separate by men and women, and then they also separated by weekday and weekend activity. You can actually see that for both men and women, right? Like the amount of time they spend, right? It's like for men is four hours and 18 minutes. 
for women is two hour and 24 minutes while moderate or heavy activity. Okay, this is going by the definition you saw in a, like you know a few slides ago, which is if you can do activities, uh, you can't sing, but you can still talk. That's already considered moderate. Uh, and four hours, 80 minutes is way past the 150 minute recommendation. Uh. Two hours and 24 minutes, uh, slightly under, I think that's like uh, 144 minutes, is it? Yeah, 144 minutes, but it's, it's still pretty close. And if it says that on average people are hitting this, right? Uh, yeah, this is the part I was kind of doubtful. Maybe it's the people they survey, maybe more of the people are more on the fit side. Uh, hopefully they got a good representation. Uh, yeah, because I kind of not sure if I trust this figure. Yeah. Uh, Mm. They should also get big data, but then again, like who want to present big data as well, right? <laughs> I think there is. Oh, I just didn't drag there it out. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Just to review more of the data, even more. Uh, so just to support, like you know, this four hour, eighteen minute, two hour, twenty four minute that I mentioned about, like for males versus females, how much time you spend on physical activity per week. Uh, it actually does substantiate within the study that uh the 39.4%, uh, oh, actually it's not a huge uh, group, seven men and six women. Uh, that means they probably surveyed around 20 or 30 people, guessing. Okay, but yeah, the what I'm highlighting on the screen over here, again, for those who are listening via audio only, 39.4% uh, of the folks, uh, fewer uh, than, uh, wait, I feel like I'm reading this wrong. Fewer, the 9.4% met the recommendation of 150 minutes of moderate intensity uh, or at least 75 minutes. Okay, yeah, he's saying that 39.4% met the recommendation uh, and 66.7% uh, took part in physical activity at least once a week. So there's still somewhat, okay, let's round it up to 40%. Uh. That means they're saying that 40% of the surveyed personnel does meet that limit. It's close to the halfway point. Then the other half doesn't do enough. Although they up to 60% still do somewhat of exercise. Yeah. But okay, showing this, I think it's just saying that it, it is an important topic somewhat as a, like, why is this important to people? Like, because we, uh, we, we are white collar workers. You know, we don't move around a lot as much or we are not presented with the opportunity to do that during work. So it's important that you actually have to <laughs> carve out some time. La. If you read, if, if you are thinking about physical activity as fitness, okay, so just to put a school of thought there as well. Um, but second question to throw it out here. I think again, uh, both myself and Horizon will answer, but maybe I'll, 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 I'll throw this to Horizon first. Do you have enough time to exercise? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I have enough time to exercise, yes, but I choose not to exercise. That's the thing. Like, oh. I am mostly an option C kind of guy. Like, all right, let's talk know, about we, that here, man. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you know, both of us are married and we have to, you know, maintain the marriage in a sense. So basically, uh, like for, for, for me and my wife, we are really more, more of a sedentary kind of lifestyle. Like, we are a bit more the chill. And somehow, another, another thing is, I meet friends quite often. So essentially when I have the time to chill at home with my wife, I will choose to do that. Mm. I, I, I guess between the option of going out and mm. chilling at home, the chilling at home option is so much more appealing. Mm. I, I want to enjoy the house that I bought. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. 
How about you? How about you? Um, okay, I I do somewhat agree with what you're saying. Like, if given a choice, I would choose to. I guess the word sedentary probably is the closest to that law. Uh, in adopting that lifestyle. Mm, actually, truth be told, okay, the walking right walking sessions that we do, uh, I, I consider that as hanging out with friends lah. Uh, and I would say today, maybe the only difference between how we look at that would be, I I would say I enjoy those walks. I enjoy like meeting people, meeting new people, talking to them. So the exercise itself actually isn't the main point of it. It's actually the secondary focus. Like you get exercises like killing two birds with one stone. So yeah, I think that that's my take on that. Um, but the thing is, I think maybe one later slide I might even talk about like my own exercise regimen, but or rather, okay, I, I did wrote it down for this question itself, like just to prep for the answer of this question. <laughs> um I, I do try to do around two intense runs, uh 30 minutes each, uh within a week itself. But to be upfront, it's not for weight loss. Uh a bit of it is for weight loss, but Big part of it is also, I guess, for physical fitness. I, I partially IPPT. Uh, for those who yeah. don't know what IPPT <laughs> I wanted is. to ask that, yeah, I wanted to yes. ask that IPPT. There's definitely <laughs> motivations to that. Individual. Yeah. So for those who don't know what IPPT is, a uh, individual physical proficiency test. Uh, if you're Singaporean, you will know that very well. Uh, but if, in case you're not, uh, essentially, it's a fitness test. Uh, mandated by the government for male Singaporeans who are still serving the army. Uh, so I have to do that every single year. I, to be honest, I I think it's a lesser of a two evils to try and like, let's say, try and keep healthy fitness for it for a bit so that I don't need to come back um, for retrainings every year, which is uh, also a huge time sink in a different way. Yeah. First time I've heard of it. So yeah, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Wait, well, what do you mean? It's the first time I've heard of it. I never really needed to do it, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am so jealous of you. But I, I just did my IPP yesterday. I mean, but by, by sheer coincidence, this is not planned. Um, but yeah, the that's probably my last IPPT I'll do in my life. Uh, that's it. I probably will still continue to like run. Okay, I don't don't think it's more of a run la. It's more of a jog nowadays. Uh, twice I try and do twice a week. Uh, I probably will still do that for. I mean, just maintaining general physical wellness. Like. I think I also tend to perform better, like hit clears up better. Uh, usually I run at night and maybe if I need to do some late night work, uh, I feel like my hit clears up better after a run, um, able to operate a little bit better, sleep better as well after that. Uh, so I probably will still continue doing that. Um, okay, I also wrote down here as part of my answer that I tend to also walk uh, for around uh, one hour, three days a week. Uh, so how I do that is because I, I try to walk from my house to the train station uh, and then when, I, when I'm going to work and from a train station uh, near my workplace, again, I walk to my workplace. So it's around one hour in total every single day. And this occurs for, I think I go to office around three times a week. La. So in total, it's around 330 minutes. Uh, I did that calculation, which is above the 150. So I'm very happy about that. Um, okay, anyway, yeah, that was a very long answer to your question. Um, but I think, yeah, to each his own. Uh, because, I mean, I've lost some weight uh, in this period. Like, if our focus is on losing weight, uh, I've lost some weight. And you've definitely had success, huge success over losing weight as well. So, to each his own, I think you're definitely doing something right uh, over there. And 
if we compare by just sheer numbers alone, of course, I'll say I, I, I'm on the losing side. Like, I mean, I lose, lose less weight. But I mean, in the end, like I, I don't see it as that, like to tell the truth. Uh, I think that I've become maybe fitter over the last few years. So I think that's, that's definitely better. And friends who know me, including Harizan, will know that like that physical fitness also gave me a party trick that I can use, uh, which I will not review inside this podcast. Maybe ping me on LinkedIn if you want to know. Actually, yeah, maybe don't. not. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't. You'll be traumatized. <laughs> hey, don't say that. But the like in terms of physical exercise, so walking, would, would you consider walking as, as part of that? I mean, if you say just walk to the MRT station, yeah, that, that, uh. that doesn't, doesn't, it feels like it doesn't count. It's just like it's, it's part of a lifestyle in a sense. It's not exactly exercise, exercise. Uh, I mean, it's a lifestyle. Uh, okay, I, I think I think at least for me, it's a habit now. I mean, to me, it feels okay. Maybe maybe it's just the 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 term being ingrained. That's like it has to be something more physically demanding rather than just walking to the MRT. Walking to the MRT, uh, walking from 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 MRT station to workplace. Yeah, it's, that part is a lifestyle for sure. Like you know, walking around. Uh, and I guess uh, one good thing that Singapore has is compared to like many other other countries around the world is that because of our public transportation system, um, it's kind of easy to get around places. Uh, with that, uh, that kind of necessitate net. That kind of makes the need. Okay, I, I wanted to use a more chim word, but I can't pronounce it. Um, that kind of requires us the need to, uh, to walk around. Like, you know, you, you wouldn't want to take Grab or taxi every day, right? So if you can walk around so much more, uh, then that is that kind of um, contributes to your health in a way. Uh, like, because you are, you are moving around. As compared to all those more car-centric kind of society where you you head out, maybe to go, go towards the car park. From car park, you, you drive over to your workplace and maybe that's another five minutes walk. As compared to, uh, like currently, how people got to work is first they have to walk to the MRT station, which may be near, maybe far. Like for me, it's like pretty near five minutes, so eh, it's nothing. But uh, but maybe to change lines. Let's say for me, my current workplace. Uh, I currently work at this company called Kitework. Um, it's on the green line, and I live in really really northeast and that kind of sucks because first i have a purple line i need to take i need to take it all the way down to serangoon which is a yellow line and you know the yellow line is kind of um there's there's a bit of walking involved like from the purple line to the yellow line and then you know it's a, the whole bunch of crowd to go through and everything then they have to kind of sidestep here and there uh you can take the travelator but it's going to be more hardworking. can like not not take your travelator and then after that, from the yellow line to the green line, there's another bunch of walking. So it's just like, yeah, with the, the difference between taking the public transport versus uh, private transport. There is so much difference there. There's so much more movement moving around if you're taking public. Of course, you know, actually the more, the more, uh, the bigger reason for all of these it's cheap it's way cheaper to get public transport but yeah i mean we're just talking about health here <laughs> so yeah that's the thing yeah i'm gonna 
try and refute that. But I know you probably know how to refute the next thing I'm going to say as well already. So, okay, accept, I accept your points, but the idea that if you are moving around more regularly, even if it's a lifestyle, you are going to burn the extra 100, maybe even 200 calories every single day. So that, that itself, even if it's just a lifestyle, it does contribute to, towards that uh, physical wellness, does it not? Like, and assuming that uh, for a regular adult, 7,000, I think it's 7,000 calories is considered around 1 kg of uh, uh, weight. Lah. I mean, if you're able to burn off that body fat, um, that extra walking that you do, right? You're going to lose weight assuming you don't consume as much, uh, I mean, consume the same amount of food than if you are living a sedentary lifestyle, uh, you're going to lose that extra weight out of it. Uh, so I feel like it's it's still constituting towards exercise, but this more of the, more of a, a very inactive, uh, inactively, uh, inactive is not a right word, but something that you don't mandate, like you, you don't purposely go out of your way to do a run, uh, like in this case, you you don't purposely uh, want to exercise per se. Yeah, it's a lifestyle already. Yeah. Oh yeah, just to spite you as well, I'm going to say the word that you're going to say just now. Necessitate. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word I want to say, but you know. Yes, uh, I know. The S's are not coming out <laughs> very well from my mouth. But yeah, I mean, I agree with your point. Uh, it, 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 it's it does contribute to the calorie loss, but um, I mean, till now, I uh, we haven't even got to the point, the the part on how I even lost weight in the first place. Because like, you know, all this physical activity, I would say it's good, but to me, this is not the main driver to my weight loss. <laughs> that that's that's the point I want to throw out here, mm. and uh, I'm not sure whether whether you've seen that graph before. Um, I have the graph in my slides. Oh, the, the study where they were saying um, the 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 calories loss from weight loss is just contributes to like what five percent or something. Do you have that graph, or do you not? Okay, sorry, I, I thought you were referring to your uh the lock that. Uh, oh no no no, no not that one. Not that. But there was yeah there was another you're talking study. About video. Um, not video. Uh, there was an video? there was a study uh done, uh where people talk about um how a person actually lose. Uh, uses the calories throughout the day and apparently physical activity is actually considered the lowest um, the bigger contributor to the calorie consumption is actually your existence yeah yes. you surviving that, that, that is yeah you surviving take up 50 70 percent of your calorie consumption like you surviving you're burning calories you maintaining your body <laughs> actually consume so much more. So their, uh, their argument for exercise mm. like it's better to go for um, exercises that uh, build up your muscle so that you know mm. it contribute more to maintaining your existence rather than uh, you running around and you know wasting all these calories for nothing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we can cover that next time if there is ever an opportunity to go into this in depth. But yeah. <laughs> no, we, we can talk about this point here. Like I I to be honest, the okay, la, I mean yeah, separating it to multiple schools of thought, 
the still I think it con it still goes back into contributing towards the weight loss. But probably the additional point I'm throwing in there is more physical wellness. Um, like the next few slides, I probably will. Okay, you know what? Let's just jump to the next few slides. I keep talking about it, but I don't go to it. Um, okay, so I'm gonna pull up this slides again for people who are listening to this but not seeing the video. Right, essentially what I'm showing on the screen, uh, is two different graphs. Uh, or com one coming from our. Ministry of Health in Singapore and one coming from the World Health Organization. Uh, what I'm trying to show here is essentially the top 10, I think it's top 10? Yeah, top 10 leading causes of death. Uh, one is just from the Singapore, which is from WHO. The other one, of course, is from, sorry, MOH, not WHO, in Singapore, just for Singapore, top 10 death causes. And the other one, of course, for WHO. And like some of the things I wanted to pull out uh, or talk about from this is if you look at it, right? Okay, let's ignore the locally, right? For Singapore cancer uh, pneumonia, right? Uh, but if you can see, right? The third leading cause, fourth leading cause, uh, all of this, right? Are somewhat also related to the global causes as well. And these are all in some sense related to not just for weight loss related la, or weight related um, healthiness, but in terms of whether you are properly exercising like you know the are you properly keeping keeping fit i mean even if you are thin as well right it's possible that you can also go through like some sort of heart disease as well uh based on like the your lifestyle your consumption uh, patterns even your genetics yeah so i think that's kind of what i want to put in place as well like i think you you mentioned you mentioned a lot of good points in terms of that the uh how should i put it like the Losing weight itself, doing physical activity is just a small component of that. I, I do agree. La. But I think a big part of that, if you're exercising, I think it shouldn't... Exercising, I think, shouldn't be the main driver for weight loss, but more towards, I guess, the physical wellness side. La. And yeah, the contributing factor can be you become fitter, your metabolism increases, right? Then maybe you also lose, lose more weight along the way. Yeah, but I also want to say that, you know, age is also a factor in terms okay, of weight loss true. as well. And so, so uh, as Rayan was mentioning, exercise uh, might might build up muscle. I mean, you could get injured and go into a worse state. You know, just, just saying things and putting out the possibilities there. But let's say if we go with you know, a positive vibe here, where you exercise, you gain muscle like you know you go through let's say a long super long walk and then get drenched by the rain uh walk all the way from east coast changi uh changi airport let's say example example and then get caught in the rain then next day you wake up with a really really sore uh legs so technically uh you build up muscle throughout that process uh and with that muscle gain even though it's minute as compared, you know, going to the gym or whatever, um, it does contribute to a slightly increased metabolic rate for the next few days until you know your muscle, your muscle decide. Ah, okay, I'm not actually going to be used again for the next month, few months. So you'll you'll start dying off or something. But yeah, that that metabolic rate. Okay, actually, I don't know what the point I was trying to raise. Wait, what was I trying to... What was the point I was... No, point? I, maybe I, I can continue that for you a little bit. I think you were going <laughs> on yourself. As long as you... I, I guess I, I would have replied something similar as well, which is only with sustained 
exercise over a long period of time, then you can ensure that increased burn in calories, right? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the point. Even for weight loss, lah. Yeah. And I agree, I agree. Like, it has to be like, you You have to, okay, I'm not going to say you have to intensely exercise, lah, but it has to be something that you have to do every day. You can't just do it once and expect, like, let's say, like, just now I mentioned, right, 100 calories, you, uh, what's that, sorry, 7,000 calories is 1 kg. You can't expect that, hey, you know, I exercise one next time and then I burn a substantial amount of calories and then I expect that weight loss. I think it doesn't have, it doesn't translate entirely like that. You have to maintain some level of physical uh, activity to in order for that weight loss to actually be seen. Because if not, right, if you're just doing that intense exercise and then, like, I think later on you'll talk about more about how you, you went through weight loss. Let's say if you just do that intense exercise and you just eat right away, like eat a lot, right? Then essentially you're just compensating back for the lost calories, maybe in some sense. Um, you're not really contributing towards, uh, let's say like either weight loss, if you're targeting for weight loss or maybe even like better fit- fitness overall. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. Jumping to this top causes of death. What do you think? Um, the thing is, right, I've, I've watched through a couple of YouTube videos and they, a, lot, a mm. lot of them were also mentioning, like, you know, let's say all your heart diseases, right? Heart diseases, mm. uh, what is it? Cerebral, cerebrovascular. Cerebrovascular. Like, yeah. A lot, a lot of them actually, um, are kind of contributed by weight, uh, by, you know, yeah. by being, by, by being obese. Um, hmm. maybe I said the last one for MO, uh, for Singapore's uh, health stat. Like yeah. the last one is chronic obstructive lung disease. That sounds like a very smoke smoker kind yeah. of uh, thing. But other than that, I think or maybe urinary tract infection. Maybe also not not as much. But I think or most of the heart stuff and the vascular stuff. Most of them should be uh, like will be affected by weight in a sense yes like essentially you know you have how uh, a weight problem the weight problem mm. eventually lead to um like diabetes i think they didn't mention diabetes in a sense because like diabetes ah. isn't a cause of death but yes that's correct cause other problems that will then result in death so i assume that there is that link there uh but then mm. as, as they always say uh, correlation doesn't mean causation, but I think we managed to uh, uh, like find like some links here and there. But yeah. I mean, we're not doctors, right? So we can't exactly comment on that too much. We can just say yeah. there are papers there. Uh, you can read them, draw your own conclusion. But then I mm. think it's still better to hear like medical advice, right? Uh, how mm. a medical expert actually looks at these papers and uh, uh, try to abstract out the learnings from it. Mm. Okay, I, th- I think you mentioned something that I wanted to also talk about just now and which is the part on if you diabetes, right, itself, yeah, it's not a, it's not something that leads to death, but it's something that will contribute to a lot of this condition. Actually, there is so, yeah. a diabetes on the well, You're saying this one, right? Yeah, diabetes mellitus. Okay, okay, but most of the, uh, what's that? Most of the ones, like the leading cause of death over here, you can see this is huge contributing factor would be from uh, your body weight or your overall general wellness uh, so yeah even if like there is this here I think you we can definitely say that a big part of this 
Okay, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. I'm going to just say it's pronounced as ischemic heart diseases. Uh, <laughs> feel free to correct me for people who are listening to this offline or even Harizwan. Uh, and I think even this one, yeah, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. There's quite a few, actually stroke as well. Uh, there are like, you know, some relations towards that and your general wellness. Uh, that d- does come from, you know, how healthy you lead your life. Uh, healthy, of course, I'm not just, again, going around the physical fitness, but more in terms of like what you eat as well. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, maybe we haven't, not able to get a lot of things out from this, but I'm not trying to scare people here, just showing more in terms of, hey, you know, uh, based off of what we have seen in the previous slide so far, you know, I think there, there's some level of, um, okay, even if you can't exercise, I think maybe between us, we have somewhat agreed also being able to choose properly like what you eat so that you stay on the right side of the scale, right? Allows you to, you know, maybe help prevent yourself like, against of these uh, conditions in the long term, especially. Okay, I, I think I've danced around, I brought us dancing around the topic for way too long, but let's get into the proper topic then. Um, all right, Harizan, let's go through this. Walk us through your weight loss. How do you went from 130 to, is it 80 today? Like, or slightly over 80? Slightly over 80. Uh, I did hit, 80 quite a while back but then you know mm. uh, stuff happens and then you know i had i'm struggling a little bit but yeah going up and down at the 85 kg ish mark yeah i think uh i i shared that time um the the graph i think maybe it might be good to bring Did you want me show it uh there's the next slide is it yes oh okay that's nice okay so uh, as with all things, um, in order, I think I think it was some management kind of uh, some uh, some manager in some big company was saying, uh, if you want to, if you want to know whether you succeeded in something, you need to make sure that you measure it or something. Maybe I'm not phrasing it right, but it's something along that line. Like you can only. Uh, you can only decide how you you can uh, determine that something successful if you measure and then you set like uh, the metric for success. And in this case, uh, I think this graph essentially is like showing uh, my weight on a daily basis, which I actually measure every day. I have a weighing scale at home, uh, digital because you know the uh, the other convention kind of uh, not that not as great. Kind of pain to go and read the needle moving up fluctuating back and forth and yeah it is my weight plotted against my target weight across time and i'm clearly not hitting my target weight uh and also i think it might be a good time to also mention a point i'm not sure whether Wei-Yen, i'm not sure whether you know of this but have you heard of this bmi thing that have you heard definitely of Yes, uh, definitely. Body mass then, uh, index, I think. Yeah, body mass index. So essentially taking was it your your weight, weight divided by height squared or something? Or is it I don't recall the formula. Yeah, there is that formula. It sounds uh, like something like that. Yeah, so there is a formula like that. Uh and apparently all this while okay, like, uh, I guess question for you. Uh what um what do you think is a healthy BMI in Singapore. 
there's an officially recommended number if I'm not wrong. Uh, you remember it? I, I can search it right now. Uh, I, I believe it's around, like I think it's below 24.2 or something like that. Like And until around 19 point something, then under that you're underway. Okay, but let, let's search on that really quickly. Uh, but I'm guessing you, you probably want to use the BMI for like showing what's a healthy range. Yeah, basically before you hit the overweight range. <laughs> What do you think the number is? You can give a guess there. I mean, the range is around there, but what do you think is that that number before you become considered overweight, at least in Singapore? Okay, I found one for the States. I'm going to guess it's probably going to be pretty close to Singapore. Actually, wait, no. I also saw a Google result for Singapore, which is... Okay, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. It's the... Uh, dancing around the issue as well like what i did earlier on uh oh they eh? okay 18.5 to 22.9 oh, actually is lower than the state the one in the states uh but the formula is what you mentioned which is weight over height square yeah yeah so yeah uh healthy bmi is around 18.5 to 22.9 so then like K- anything above is basically considered overweight right <laughs> Yes. Yes. So that's the thing. Uh, all this while, I think when we were younger, I think the number that uh, everyone was telling, everyone was mentioning to hit is the BMI index 25, which is apparently, apparently is an American number or more like mm. the Western world's number. But another study kind of found out that uh, with Asian body structures, um, apparently we are pretty different. As a human species, <laughs> it's like a completely different species altogether. Apparently, our number to hit, at least as an Asian, is 23, which is quite a big number lower. So that's why, um, yeah, even even for me, I think I'm not sure for you, Wei I'm not I'm not sure whether you've ever did a BMI calculation, but I think for both of us, maybe we are slightly overweight. My guess. Yes, my guess. Okay. I, I've, I've done it, yes. Uh, yes, my BMI is also considered uh, as overweight. I, yeah. I, I, To be honest, I'm not sure how to read off that as well. Uh, yeah. Do I consider myself unfit? No. Uh, do I consider myself more on the obese side? Maybe a little bit? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, okay, since we're talking about BMI, my take is that it shouldn't be the only instrument, but probably governments use it because it's the most convenient one to just roll out on a uh, population level scale, like, you know, millions of people. But I, I, I'm i not sure. I feel like that's not the most accurate. Uh, yes. Not that I'm trying to deceive myself. Uh, yeah. Uh, about that, but it's... I, I feel like it's not exactly accurate, especially just now we talk about the tough club, right? And in our younger days, right? Uh, again, I'm not sure of the context, like, I, I believe I was considered underweight back then. Uh, that's it. I don't know what's my BMI. Maybe my BMI actually, because I, I'm more of somewhat of a shorter stature, maybe I was actually considered also overweight. I, I don't know. Um, but today, I would consider myself like, I mean, I, I have, I guess, somewhat of a more muscular build. Um, but because of my slightly shorter height, I think the on the formula, I, I become more considered a bit slightly over on the overweight side. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't know I feel like it's not the best instrument it's not the best it's a good 
it's a yeah. good enough like basically it's it's general it's general enough but at the end of the day it is a general a general tool like you know you can't use a hammer to solve all problems right if not hmm. that we only will have a hammer that will solve all problems but we don't like, so i mean bmi at the end of the day it's just a tool to gauge a general kind of uh it's a rough gauge in a sense so if just know that you know even even if you are slightly overweight i guess it's kind of fine like you i mean let's say um uh what you mentioned um you you are a bit more on the muscular side right and muscles uh from from what i read uh they do weigh more so i guess that's kind of a fair point like uh, you know like okay i can be considered slightly overweight and that's kind of fine i i mean i even heard of like bodybuilders that's like above 100 kg but you know they are made of muscle so they are definitely healthier right or not i don't know <laughs> uh the only way to check is actually to go through a health health scan health um health screening and then then that's the only way to properly determine but i mean for those who are not going through health health checks like every year or every two or three years maybe this is a good enough baseline uh gauge or instrument that can be used and that's kind of what i'm using uh there's uh there's the target weight that i'm trying to go for um based on that bmi calculation and i'm like these past few months it has been bad but i mean like it's it's better than from where i started which is 130. uh the graph show here shows 110 but the reason for it is because from from the 130 kg mark to the 110 kg mark that that was kind of spotty then i realized okay maybe it's best to just chuck the whole thing out and probably restart the weight measurement again and yeah and that's the graph from 110 to around 85 kg ish now nowadays i'm planning to uh start back again and like not start back again but basically con try to continue maintaining this or go for a lower weight but yeah see how it goes okay. so off that, mm, oh yeah you're uh, about to mention just something. to ask two questions very quickly so just now you mentioned about full body checkup right okay so i guess your recommendation is once a year and this is something you're also doing actively right no <laughs> i mean yeah. i i i i heard rabbi that you should do it <laughs> Mm. It costs It costs a lot of money, though. I mean, okay. a good well, one. I I, I also did my first full body checkup. Uh, recent. Okay, I don't want to say recently, yeah, but it's for last year. Last year, so mm. probably this year I have to do it once as well. Uh, so I guess I'm also trying to do it once a year, pattern. Uh, but I agree with what you're saying. It's a bit expensive. Uh, I actually had to use like some company, uh, what do you call it? Like stipends, lah, to go through that. Uh, but yeah, I also didn't see any weird stuff on my full body checkup, um, which is interesting. Okay, but maybe I want to bring us back to the topic itself, which was how, how, like 130, and then you start recording at 110, and now you are around 80 to 85. How? Okay. What did you do? <laughs> okay, so basically, uh, the main main thing is just not eating. <laughs> That's the main gist of it. Yeah. Um, disclaimer again, this is not health advice. Uh, yeah, this is not health uh... advice. Yes. So only <laughs> Wait, if you are continue. healthy enough, then you 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 should then you can do that. But yeah, I mean, 
so I think I think from the very beginning, like you and I don't exactly have like similar thinking behind this. Like to me, um, if you are just talking about weight management, not talk, not talking about fitness, just weight management, um, I don't feel exercise is good enough. Um, because I've done that whole, uh, that whole thing where you know you can eat a normal diet every day, like you know three three square meals a day, and then just exercise like crazy. But you know, as time goes on, you know it's it's kind of a chore to try to maintain that kind of lifestyle. And like for me, I never seen success with it. Like I run like crazy when I was younger, and I never saw any results. So I thought like, okay, I'm that is bad for me. Like I'll never, I'll never ever lose weight in a sense. And then that that's why I my weight slowly ballooned all the way up to 130 kg because like you know I I that I think at that point I kind of like gave up. Just like okay, whatever. I'm not gonna lose that much weight. And at the same time, I didn't even bother to maintain my weight. So that's why it went all the way up to 130 kg. And as I was mentioning earlier, for all those who suddenly lost a whole bunch of weight, it's either they have a medical complication or they have a health scare. And for me, I had a slight health scare. Like, you know, I was like lying down bed and just like, then it's actually getting hard to breathe. <laughs> yeah, and you know, <laughs> Breathing is important, <laughs> clearly. Um, so from then on, I did. I started doing a bit of research in there to find out like how is it possible to kind of lose weight, and that's where I got down the rabbit hole of you know looking at the diet and everything. And and one of the things that kind of uh, make me question like is exercise even that important when it comes to weight management is. Where you know this, uh, there's this, uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, video metrics, uh, videos, information online, articles that also that was mentioning like, let's say you eat a plate of chicken rice, awesome, good, five hundred calories. You can run for half an hour and you only run, uh, and you technically or you only burn off half a plate of chicken rice. So in order for you to fully burn off that whole plate of chicken rice, which means like as though you never eat the chicken rice. You have to run for an entire one hour and no way am i gonna like run intensely for one hour just to burn off one plate of chicken rice it's better for me to not eat the chicken rice so i don't need to run one hour if you think if you get one thing so if i do that then basically i can start losing weight right like if i just don't eat so the first thing i was looking at was breakfast because like apparently I wasn't even eating a regular breakfast so like sometimes I skip because like you know I go to work and then like okay I'm gonna have a, a, a early lunch or something so skip breakfast so breakfast is kind of the first thing that I try skipping and apparently from that immediate weight loss <laughs> surprisingly like you know instead of making a irregular irregular skipping breakfast I just completely skip breakfast for entire like two or three months or something and then like do it started dropping like crazy and then i was like okay maybe there's something here and i think uh not sure if you go go around the internet uh let me see if you go around the internet right now right i think um there's this there is this mention maybe if you heard from parents and all uh there was this mention like, oh, how breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Actually, 
I'm not sure about your opinion about about it, but apparently there is kind of a conspiracy. <laughs> There's a conspiracy theory Wait. about that. Wait. Uh, okay, I, I have a different opinion on that, but please go yeah, ahead first. Okay, let, let me let me take my point and then I'll take immediately your point complete. So apparently this whole phrase, uh, how breakfast is the most important meal of the day, actually came from a company called Kellogg's. Uh, there is a video about it. Uh, there's even a Vox video about it, about how this Kellogg's company was trying to sell complex. And apparently complex is kind of a breakfast kind of food, right? You know, and it's very starch heavy. Uh, it's apparently they say it's good fuel for the day, like they give you a huge boost of energy. But the whole saying of breakfast is the most important meal of the day is part of it's part of uh, their marketing campaign. So I don't know, like so once you hear of the all this conspiracy theory, just like okay, maybe everything about diet is all lie. Maybe everything maybe is like sold to make to allow these companies to make even bigger profits. And that's not the only conspiracy theory I'm going to introduce in this via, in this podcast, in this episode. Wait, so, can, I, can, I report, yeah. uh, can I reply to that really quickly? Sure, sure, sure. sure. Uh, I'm waiting for reply. Okay, sure, sure. Okay, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll add as a supplement because I, I do want to hear like your entire story as well. Uh, and I want to prioritize that. I think here, here's my take on it in terms of whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. My take is if uh, and you you have to trust your gut or for your body right or trust the trust your body a bit in that if you feel hungry and you legitly you feel hungry i'm not saying you're craving for something you legit you feel hungry i think that's where yes you probably have maybe like you've missed like let's say eating for uh miss like a regular meal or eating for a bit and you should go and eat it uh go and have a meal but let's say let's say you had a very deep or huge dinner the night before and you don't feel hungry right the day after right the, for breakfast right then i think actually having a lighter breakfast or even just drinking like um i don't know coffee what do you call it coffee kosong coffee kosong <laughs> so, okay let's say something <laughs> yeah coffee o kosong is that what you call it i don't, uh, I don't drink it black, a lot, coffee. black coffee with black no coffee. sugar yes black coffee with no sugar like something just a very simple thing to get past your breakfast so to speak right I think that would be sufficient. Uh. But that's my thing. I, I know what you mean by th- that itself sounds like a conspiracy because it's a slogan. I I don't necessarily agree with saying that it, the whole breakfast concept is a conspiracy. Like it, It's good to eat if you're hungry, especially for breakfast, for growing kids as well. Uh, but that's it. Like, he- like everything must be done in moderation. Uh. If you had a huge dinner the night before, you don't feel hungry for breakfast, I mean, then just trust your body and don't, don't eat extra. Uh. I mean, that's kind of defeat the point uh, yeah yeah that's my take yeah but please continue please continue the story i mean of course i want i just want to like say 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 a thing where let's say if you have like a like let's say you have to work out in the fields right and then like basically the only time for you to eat is breakfast and dinner and you, you probably won't be able to have lunch because like you'll be out there in the field then of course like breakfast will be important right because it will be the fuel for you when you're out, out in the field uh but then for us sedentary workers we're we're, we're just stepping away <laughs> on our keyboard so do we really need that all that excess energy maybe not um but yeah that's kind of the part one in a sense of my initial weight loss and that part is easy because you know when you ha- when you start off high the only way to go down 
the only way to go down is just jump and then you know the first few seconds just like freaking fast right then um the next part um after that initial like just keeping breakfast um the weight started stabilizing the body realized oh, okay um they started getting getting used to it then um i was looking around the internet for other ways um and then there's this 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 thing about intermittent fasting uh that came came up in my search i don't know why why it came up but yeah it kind of came up in uh a few of these kind of videos all came at the same time intermittent fasting and as well as this thing about longevity and also another conspiracy along the along the side maybe i'll start with the conspiracy and then i'll go slowly branch out to the rest of them so um so just now uh we and i think you were mentioned something about the fitness uh fitness goals like 150 to 300 minutes 150 minutes to 300 minutes per week right that's correct yes yeah that's one of the one of the thing like oh you need to hit this in order to 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 fit in a sense in order to help maintain a healthy lifestyle so uh i guess i can add on to that where the government actually like singapore government specifically um they introduce a new a new guideline oh uh, yeah a guideline is a, is a proper word for it on how you should portion your meals so I'm not sure whether you've seen it uh, recently uh, about they have that plate thing and like basically half your plate is meant to be protein and one quarter is meant to be like vegetables and the other one quarter is carbohydrates. Have you seen that plate, the healthy plate or something? Okay, I'm going to see if I can bring it up uh, on the screen. Uh, are you talking about this? Yeah. Oh, it's not, one, one, it's not half a plate of protein is one quarter protein and half vegetable and fruits yes okay let me see if i can blow it up a little bit more uh but yeah i think for those listening via audio yeah i think that's uh as what uh Harizan mentioned yeah so this is kind of the new guideline that was kind of recently introduced but this is not the this is not the only guideline that was like that was sent out by the government there was another guideline before this called the food pyramid and that food pyramid is actually rife with controversy because that have you heard of the food pyramid or i have but okay. yeah maybe I... I may not the bit. same pyramid that i guess you're referring to no it is that same pyramid it's like you know that that that, that pyramid where you know fats is right at the top fats and fats and sugar and treats is at the top and then at the bottom it's like you know you should eat seven to 11 servings of rice and cups and everything have you do you remember seeing that <laughs> that fulfilled no i'm trying to look for you on health hub as well i can't really find it no it won't be on health hub anymore because it's no longer Ooh. a recommended guideline it's no longer a it's, recommended thing by government but it i think like something that was from years ago it was from years ago and apparently that was something that was pushed out by health governments the health ministry in america and you know like you know singapore is just like the importer of this kind of study right you know why bother doing our own study when you know someone else already paid money for it right so they just like okay 
American government said and did the study and like you know that study looks okay we can just incorporate mm. it as part of for our population so I guess that's that's one and America had this food pyramid thing as well uh in the past so this food pyramid apparently was ah something like this yes 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 this was the one so you see it's bottom heavy carbs yep which is way different as compared to what we have for our health uh, my healthy plate Yep. So there is a reason why uh, why why uh why this happened. So the reason was because apparently um if you search on the internet, uh there's another what conspiracy theory in a sense, where they were saying like the the food pyramid was actually pushed by uh the corn industry. <laughs> like the carb Very industry the, the carb industry. So Okay, but is... now you mention it, I, I agree with what you're saying that I think it makes more sense if you're eating, let's say you can sustain on a diet on vegetables and just protein alone, right? Like you don't need so much carbs. Yeah. yeah. That, that itself, in today's context, that pyramid does seem bad. Yes. In today's context, it does seem bad. But yeah, that, that whole thing came about and then basically a whole entire generation uh, and a whole entire generation was taught the food pyramid and that was how the entire diet was changed for that. So apparently there was, I uh, remember reading online of articles, there was a study where they were saying um, before uh, there, there was a weight, like they did some manage, uh, measurement for weight, right? And apparently there was a before and after a food pyramid was introduced. <laughs> and apparently the moment food pyramid was introduced, weight started, started Sky, uh, skyrocketing to the top so that was kind of an interesting thing uh an interesting kind of conspiracy theory but yeah uh carbs is dead to me in a sense <laughs> or carbs should be dead to you as well if i'm from from this um like everyone's like starting to discourage carbs Singapore government is discouraging carbs and then even if you, you eat rice they don't they say they say don't eat white rice eat brown rice or something so it's like carbs itself is being discouraged in a sense like even in the media if you look around uh that seems to be the common story right now you, Wait, you, you touch on a small thing that i just want to say uh and okay since we're on the topic of conspiracy theories uh things that may or may not be true we're not sure i like to throw in one thing here as well brown rice uh, i think brown rice I'm, I'm not sure how much you've looked into that uh I feel like that's also an area of contention where there's definitely health benefits of that. But I think if you if you've seen like CNA Insider, right? Uh, I think was it Steven again, like the the guy that does a lot of the very interesting um studies uh, or experiments, la. I think yeah. what, if I'm not wrong, that episode that he I, I believe he's the host la, for this episode that talks about the different type of rice, right? And he's mm. actually shown that brown rice, right, for the same quantity, right, or same weight, lah. To the equivalent white rice actually has more calories inside. More calories. So, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I guess again, just small point. Like, the brown rice thing, I don't know. I feel like that's also another hype. Like sure, there are benefits. I don't want to go out there. Like I'm not a nutritionist. Like I can't give you good advice there. Uh, but at least I've seen like every year when I go back for national service, there was a period where brown rice was hype up and the outrations were brown rice. 
uh, recently in this last two to three years, it's all white rice. I don't see brown rice anymore. Uh, yeah. I don't know what happened there, but th- probably there was some effect la, that, I mean, like brown rice was maybe also, I mean, th- again, there are health benefits and all that. Yes, I'm not wrong, but uh, sorry, not saying I'm not wrong. I mean, yes, it's not wrong, but it probably was also pushed a bit too much. I mean, if you're eating the same amount of brown rice as white rice, it's probably not for the best as well. Mixing it maybe is better. Uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. Okay, anyway, point over. Please, please continue on your weight loss. Yeah, I also want to oh, say sure, something yeah, about brown rice. Like, apparently, I was like watching this uh, video. They were saying, they were talking about the um, how, you, how long you can keep like such rice. So apparently, because you know, white rice is actually like polished rice, right? So essentially, they take the rice grain and then they polish it to the point that you only get the nice, touchy center. Uh, and then surrounding it, if you never do all this polishing stuff, then there's, there's the brown rice or purple rice or black rice, whatever other colored rice. So apparently, uh, the thing is, this brown rice, right? Apparently, they have other diet, dietary um, stuff alongside it. So they have lipids, they have slight amount of protein. Um, but because those other things exist besides the white color, the center starch, right? These things actually spoil much more easily. So, 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 so goes the, so goes the theory. So essentially, I'm, my thinking is, uh, when I'm, when the Singapore army introduced brown rice, maybe they didn't factor in the cost and maybe, maybe, I, I don't know whether, whether that's the truth or not, maybe. Maybe they maybe there was a cost factor because brown rice is definitely so much more expensive, right? And you know, um, buying it for a family is it's maybe a small amount, but uh, a small percentage increase. But then, if you want to buy it for the entire half half a nation worth of uh, rice, right? For half a nation, uh, yeah, maybe it's not as cheap. <laughs> Maybe cost could be a one factor, and another one is could be like maybe brown rice cannot be kept that long, so even they can't buy bulk purchase or anything. So maybe yeah, but yeah, that's besides the point. Just theory at this point. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, back to the, uh, back to the story. So um, so one thing is the food pyramid thing, the food pyramid conspiracy, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, basically cut out as much carbs as possible that's one uh, and this is from, uh, the weight loss from about the 120 to all the way to the 90 kg 100 kg ish mark so that that's that's the this thing there so remove as much carbs as possible um another thing that i was looking up or that kind of came up in my search is this thing about intermittent fasting and intermittent fasting, uh, when you search out on intermittent fasting, that it kind of comes along with some of the topics about longevity as well. I'm not sure whether you've seen like all those like longevity kind of gurus, but apparently, uh, that uh, like even like some doctors also talk about it as well. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's a legit legit field, or maybe it's not. Who knows? But to me, like, uh, all I want is just to, uh find a way to kind of lose weight in a sane manner without too much effort on my part. That's the important thing. I don't want to exercise like crazy just to lose weight. I want something that kind of makes sense to me. And 
you know, uh, watching all these videos and reading all this theory about intermittent fasting and longevity kind of makes sense to me. Um, and I'm going to bring up some of my uh, kind of my knowledge from my degree in a sense uh, here. So, um, okay, first things first. So, when you eat a piece of food, uh, let's say rice, right? Rice is starch. When you eat it, um, you uh, it gets digested by the body, starch will break down and then eventually become glucose. That's, that's I think, is a common understanding for most people, right? And then usually just from there. Like, you know, you need that sugar, uh, that sugar, that sugar to the body, in a sense. Uh, but if you go for all those, like, by, by, uh, all those, like, uh, further studies for this biology stuff, then you will, you'll find out, like, what happens to glucose once it enters the body. So it enters the body, it gets absorbed by the small intestine, and then the body reacts to glucose because, you know, apparently glucose, too much glucose in the blood is bad. There's always a need for glucose in the body, but too much of it is bad. So the body reacts to it. And the body reacts to it by uh, injecting, uh, by, by having an organ that will produce insulin. And I think, you know, everyone in Singapore probably heard of this insulin thing as well. Because insulin, I think it ties quite tightly with diabetes, right? If I'm not wrong. Uh, that is correct. Uh, so I think the, there's an official definition of diabetes, but again, for listeners, uh, when you get diabetes, right, essentially, I believe it's the liver, right, uh, that produces insulin. And essentially, it's saying that you are not producing enough uh, insulin to regulate the amount of blood sugar, something like that. So yeah. that essentially is the like why you have diabetes. Yeah. Okay. So so um I'm gonna I'm gonna like um uh, explain a bit more on that as well. So, but then again, like this is all like kind of knowledge out there in the field. Uh, some of the the things I'm gonna mention is not exactly cold hard facts yet, and I will I'll mention it before. I'll mention which parts are uh is and is not okay. So about the the insulin bit, there's two start there's um there's okay uh, let me continue back to the story first before I go down the diabetes route or whatever. So too much sugar is bad. Body produces insulin, uh to try to counteract it because like I think for too much glucose will cause uh some some disease uh, some some disease. Um, then I forgot the name uh for it. Uh, but it it will affect. Uh, everything in your every organ in your body in a very bad way if there's too much of it. Uh, so there is a need to have insulin to regulate it to a normal level. Uh, when insulin is introduced, uh, glucose gets taken up by the cells in your body. Uh, and if there's too much of it, uh, the liver takes it up and converts it to another form called glycogen. So it's like temporary storage in a sense. So, uh, because that's the thing, like your body needs a regular amount of insulin, like it only can consume so much insulin at per, per unit of time, but then you still need it in the future. So there is the need to kind of store all this excess glucose somewhere so that it can be used in the future. So the liver takes it up and then they store it as glycogen as a temporary unit of storage. So it forms like temp uh, temporary kind of storage in the liver glycogen. I think muscle cells also do do that as well. Muscle cells also 
response to insulin and they also build up glycogen within 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 them so if the if the muscle cell kind of needs that energy kind of rapidly it breaks the glycogen down and it immediately has glucose for, for usage so that's one but there is a uh, but that's the thing like what if your muscle cells and liver is unable to consume all that glucose that's floating around in the in the blood there is another cell out there uh, there's the, uh, <coughs> I think the fat cells, the adipose tissue. <coughs> so, um, I'm not exactly sh too sure how it reacts properly with uh, insulin. Um, I just read like one or two papers, then and and then I think recently as well. And apparently, but the thing is, it wasn't in my textbook in the past, so I I don't know I don't know whether it's like cold hard proof right now. But insulin does affect the. There is a study where they were saying that insulin does affect the adipose tissue, uh, and apparently, you know, adipose tissue is, is just fat cells, right? So, for fat cells, it takes up the glucose and converts it straight to fat, and that's kind of how you kind of can can gain weight from eating too much starchy food. So if like you know you see a plate of mee goreng not all of it not just because it's not fat doesn't mean you won't get fat the starch in the food will eventually transform itself into glucose and glucose will be taken up by the fat cells so it's okay going back to the food pyramid so yeah excess starch and if you're consuming too much of that in your diet part of it will be very fats i mean naturally on uh, indirectly in uh, in a not direct sense right the direct or indirect i think most of us probably would have experienced that lah, uh, outright yeah. mm. so if you That's drink too much bubble tea yeah if you drink too much bubble tea some of it will be will, fat yeah some of it will be so slowly transformed to fat. like you won't see it like you know you drink bubble tea today you tomorrow you get fat no it doesn't work that way mm. it's just like a slow gradual increase um something like this graph that you see here a slow gradual mm. increase uh it's because i've been eating like you know um not not uh like i've been not controlling my eating too much right now mm. so yeah though that's kind of how um glucose will turn to fats in the body mm. which is not then how about the reverse how about the reverse the so let's say you're doing intermittent fasting okay yeah. uh, we know what happens if there's excess but let's yeah. say in this case there's deficient. Uh, what happens to the three things you mentioned earlier? So okay, body maybe too much insulin. They probably your liver will regulate and pull back. Yeah. Uh, um, what what happens then? Like the fat cells that uh, what's that will convert fats uh into what's that? Is it uh glucose or glycogen? Okay, sorry, I'm not glycogen. very good with this. Thing. Okay. So um, liver. So liver and muscle cells they have glycogen mm -hmm. storage, mm -hmm. and fat cells have fatty acids. Or, or they, they mm. call it fat fat storage in a sense. So, um, for the body, the it does the first the easiest thing first in a sense. So, uh, as you use up your the glucose in the bloodstream, right? As it goes down and down, then the body realizes, oh, okay, shit, there's not enough glucose, there's not enough sugar in the blood. I need to get sugar out somewhere. Um, the first easiest way to take out sugar is actually glycogen storage because <coughs> apparently the bond is actually, actually they just 
uh, a quick link. Um, so um, your liver cells start uh, releasing that glucose back to the bloodstream, and then that's how your body continues maintaining that, that normal sugar level in the in the body. Uh, just another thing, too little sugar is also bad for your body. <laughs> so yeah, there has to be that balance. It has to maintain that balance, so no matter what. So if there's too little sugar, um, the body reacts and start releasing, uh, the liver will like react accordingly. You break down the glycogen storage and release it back into the bloodstream. <coughs> the thing is, the fatty acids don't do anything right now. Uh, the fat cells don't do anything right now because you know, the glycogen is sufficient. Uh, it is the easier way to break down the break down the and release the glucose back to the bloodstream. So that's why. Only after the glycogen storage is running out, then the fat the fat cells is uh, is will start responding. Just like okay, glucose is insufficient. It's time to start breaking down whatever that's inside the fat as the fat cells and start to convert it to form that the body can use. I think I'm not sure because the thing is right when glucose is taken out by the fat cells and transformed to fatty acid, right? That's not glucose in the sense like. A whole bunch of chemical reactions has to be done to it to transform it to not glucose. Uh, I think if fatty acids is broken down, like they're listing about the ketone ketones or whatever start floating around. And but apparently that is an alternative energy source that the body can use. So there's not only glucose. Glucose is kind of the primary, the initial usage of it, but then you have the other um alternative energy source called ketone bodies. Uh, ketones, which you know, like a whole ketone bodies or something, that also can be used by the body. But that's the thing; it is only after the initial like glycogen storage has been used. So if you think, if you want to, if you want to think about it, right? Um, from a computer, from a computer programmer's kind of perspective, you can say, um, like the glycogen is some sort of like cache storage in a sense, like. You know, if you are uh, application, if you want to get something quickly out, um, and you will store it in cash, and like you know, you can think like glycogen as some sort of cash, like something you can go in quickly, get it out quickly. But then, um, you want to store things for longer term, more persistent storage. Um, you store it, you store it in disk or in the fat cell, more persistent. It it stays there for longer, and it's available in in uh, times of need in the future but the thing is yeah yeah it's just a random thought i guess no i i think that's true eh? i've seen some people compare computer systems and human systems so for viewers who are listening to this uh don't don't think as uh like let's say your total this space right as the total like you know if you compare the human body that's the total amount and hey you know how can you draw a comparison I think the difference there is more more so the how much space you're using that's probably equivalent to the quote unquote body weight la. yeah but I think that I, I've heard someone use that comparison before I think it, it, it is quite apt uh, maybe I'll even go over and say that it is a good representation that you know for this available this space in your computer there's an amount that you know, maximum amount you can hit. And probably past the maximum amount, that's where your computer gets into trouble. Uh. I mean, like, it's the same thing with, like, memory, for example. You use maximum, like, beyond the maximum, right? Your computer starts trashing as well. 
And your body, in the same way, it has to compensate for that if you're going beyond your limits. Uh, like that's where all these uh, medical conditions come in. Uh, I, I, okay, I want to pull us back to the original topic. So because we have also gone on for around an hour and a half, I think probably maybe we'll just go, do for another 10 more minutes. Um, but I don't want to go into your journey for, you mentioned about intermittent fasting, you started with regularly skipping breakfast, you know, went for two to three months and then you realized, oh, I lost a lot of weight. Uh, any any other changes like do you do inside this portion? Is it just breakfast or more than that? So that's where the intermittent fasting and that whole theory just now I was mm. mentioning, that whole thing all come mm. in. So ah. in order for you to hit the low levels of low levels of glucose in the blood, right? Basically, you use up because like just now I was mentioning like the first uh, energy storage that we use glycogen, right? And then after that, then fatty cells, fatty cells will start to be used, right? So that means I need to hit the mark where my glycogen is like eased up. My cash is like okay, I'm out of cash in a sense. Like all my cash has been uh, has been like emptied out. Like what? Where else? What other energy stores can I use? So apparently. Uh, there is theory out there that that mark is a 16 hour mark and beyond that or is it the 12 hour mark or something yeah 12 to 16 hour it's like it's not a definite number it's just that you know, uh, as you approach that 12 to 16 hour mark uh the glycogen stores are finally kind of uh, used up and then the body starts ramping up the uh, use, uh the access to the fatty uh, the the fat cells and the fats within the fat cells. So that's where all this intermittent fasting comes in and how it is quite effective in a sense to start to lose weight. So you use up your glycogen stores and then you start using up the energy from the fatty cells. That's why it's just like you see a guy going through intermittent fasting but he's eating like crazy, right? But he's still like maintaining the weight even though he's like eating like crazy. Partly because he entered that fat burning mode the usage of the fat cells but uh and yeah and and he's still uh, eating like like mad like eating, eating like a normal person so yeah that's how that's how it uh my weight kind of dropped from 110 ish to the 90 kg ish mark and i think uh, i think there was a period of time that 2020 end of 2021 that was a massive drop like a sharp line down um so i was watching this video they were mentioning about um not longevity uh it's partly longevity stuff like they were talking about um how um if you fast for even longer than 16 hours or even one day two days you activate another mode in the body i forgot the term for it um let me see, let me see. Uh, ah, I forgot the term for it. Essentially, it's, it's a mode in your body where the body realizes that there's not sufficient, uh, not sufficient resources and starts to recycle everything in your body. Basically, it's doing a cleanup. It's just like, okay, maybe this cell um, not working as efficiently as in the past, let's let's destroy it and recycle all the components because like we need all these resources and we are not consuming any of these resources so it starts to do a cleanup of all the things of all the bad cells in the body so that's only that's only achieved oh yeah 
I just remember the term uh, auto autophagy. Autophagy? A U T O P H A G Y. So that is a mode that starts to turn on at the three, third day mark or fourth day mark. Essentially, your there's a time where your body reaches kind of the limit and like you know it still needs protein to build up cells, but you're not providing the body protein because like let's say for three to five days of complete fast like not eating anything at all uh you still need to provide the mechanisms in the body protein uh fat cells so it starts to break down like all the bad cells and convert and you uh, recycle them to use up and build up new cells more efficient cells so basically doing a slow rebuild of your body in a sense yeah we are i i can't I, i'm not sure if how i draw that to weight loss to be honest yeah that that's uh that that sharp drop where i i think that's like just before 2022 there was a, the time i was doing the long-term fasting like i didn't eat for five days okay wait, wait, sorry i i think we have to clarify that for the audience you're on a liquid diet correct yeah, basically, I, I mean, like, like, yeah, water and kopi o kosong. Okay, okay. Again, disclaimer: this is not uh nutrition or health advice, folks. Uh, please uh seek out nutritionists. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm sure like Harizan has done his research and probably he spoke to folks as well. Uh, before he went on that, like, yeah, yeah. but uh, just to mention that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to jump. A lot into that but i can share a little bit about my take as well that there are times where it, it's essentially intermittent fasting although i think yours was also a little bit at the extreme uh, yes <laughs> mine, some days i've i remember doing something like that like uh either eating um food supplements or uh consuming the what do you call it food that might con contribute more of that blood sugars essentially uh and yeah more of that liquid diet and it did help to reduce my weight for quite a bit uh, I remember my friend back then introduced me like some this um food supplement soylent, powder. I think sorry? Soylent, was it? Or not soylent? It's not soylent. It's not soylent. Oh, okay. It's something else. I don't recall the company, but I, I don't really want to advertise for them as well. Uh but essentially I think if you find for any food supplements, the powder you put it in water, you mix it up, there's like banana flavor, chocolate flavor, uh, and then use that as a way to sort of uh, uh supplement your meals lah. Uh, I did stick with that for a while and then I think I lose like just now I mentioned I lost around like 7kg like maybe around like 3kg is due to that yeah so yeah I think safely fasting while making sure like you, you, you don't get into trouble I think it will contribute to that weight loss like I agree uh, but make sure guys uh, please stay safe uh, don't uh, <laughs> even if you fast on extreme please uh, make sure you get some help yeah again this disclaimer advice I think we've given enough disclaimers but uh, I think more important is also to stay safe. La. I mean, if you go to the extreme and um, you get into trouble for health, like that's not worth it as well if you go to like, over extreme on the other side. Okay, I think we have gone on a bit too long. I think there has been a lot of interesting topics. I note down quite a few notes on this. Uh, I, I do want to... Okay, maybe let me stop sharing these slides uh, for a bit. Um, I, I want to focus more on Horizon. I think maybe for the last few minutes, right? The, there's one part that I think we really need to focus on, which is you went on this huge 
fasting phase. Um, I mean, whether it's intermittent fasting at the start or like you mentioned in uh, 2022, you had like a period where you fasted for a long time. Uh, and then I think after that, probably you did like in and, like in and out, time to time, you did that fasting as well, right? Which contributed to a lot of your weight loss. Uh, can you, you know, share with the audience tips on how you motivated yourself uh, along those lines? Because it's really hard. We, we need to eat, right? Like good, there's good stuff in Singapore everywhere. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, so one motivator would be, I'm not sure whether it would be motivated, but the only way for you to know it is to experience it is if you don't eat for quite a while, uh, the next time you eat like rice, it's freaking delicious. Like how they, they, they did say hunger is the best spice and that's really kind of true here. So, I mean, if you want to try that, that's one. Uh, but I think another one that um, is a bit sad, but um, it's kind of a, a, a factor on how it's kind of easy for me to just fast is because as a Muslim, um, there's Ramadan, right? Ramadan is basically like we make fasting compulsory every year. So no matter what I already have, I already have a bit of experience with not eating for 12 hours. I, I mean, I heard from some people that, oh, how can you not eat lunch and breakfast? Like to me, that is normal, I guess. Uh, even for now, Ramadan, nowadays Ramadan, so I'll even skip the morning morning part as well. Because like to me, I I just need water. That's, a, that's an important thing to me, water. And that will sustain me throughout the entire day until like, the breakfast day breakfast time timing and yeah that's the thing uh so that's kind of like in terms of motivator it's just willpower in a sense um also another another thing that might be useful as well is so just now uh we and you were mentioning something about hung, hunger right hunger pangs and everything like sometimes it's hard to control the hunger pangs um so with regard to hunger uh it is a sign from the body that you know um it is time to eat uh, or the body says uh, it's running out of energy but um this hunger pang is actually all driven by hormones and these hormones are sometimes uh cyclical in nature so basically if you have always eaten breakfast lunch dinner right um your body gets used to it and like okay when it's, when it's time to eat breakfast, the hunger hormones start to gear up and like you know start spreading across the body and like okay I'm feeling hungry I think I need to eat. But the thing is, your body has enough reserves. Okay, let's say in a in a in a more plump body, your body has probably has enough reserves. But because you always eat at that timing, so you feel hungry. So it's not because the body really needs energy. It's just because you always used to eat at the timing. So if you ignore it for one or two hours, the hunger pangs will eventually go away. That's the thing. But then some people also were mentioning like, if you don't eat for a long period of time, you'll get, you know, uh, a bloated stomach or something. I don't know, like for me, initially I experienced that, but then as time goes on, like, I, I don't know, I, I don't experience that anymore. Like nowadays, yeah, I've been doing this 16-8 intermittent fasting for a long, long time. I, I even have a stats for it. I think right now I'm at the 93 or 94% mark. So ever since I started weighing, uh, weighing myself, every day I will say whether I did the intermittent fasting successfully. So I think 
out of all those days, um, 93 or 94% of the time uh, of those days, I did intermittent fasting. So I've always been on that. And that's how I kind of manage my weight. And that, I, I guess that's the only way for me that I know of managing my weight. I, it's hard for me to go back to a normal three square meal and be okay with it. I, I think right at this, at this point, I can't do that anymore. I think last time I went to uh, went holiday and then I eat like breakfast, lunch, dinner, right? Really, it's really bad. Like it really does crazy stuff to my body and like, you know, my body, I think I can't handle that anymore. Maybe because age as well, but yeah. I think that's quite inspiring. And from what I hear from that, okay, besides, of course, uh, circumstance like, you know, you mentioned about Ramadan, I think part of it you mentioned now is also the building of the habit. La. Now that you're on that habit, right, it's, it, you're actually on the side that it's, it's harder to, uh, okay, I don't want to say it's harder to break a habit, but it's harder to, let's say, go back to a habit of eating uh, like a full three meals. But you, you are now very much used to your current lifestyle. You probably also don't get the same uh, level of hunger pangs anymore. Uh, yeah that we are yeah so i think yeah it seems like probably a big part of that early journey in let's say at least for fasting in trying to make sure that okay you know you keep to your targets of uh, i only eat in this eight hour range uh and then keeping that for a period of time maybe motivating yourself i think a uh, big part you mentioned right uh measuring your weights actually that one i agree with a lot i'll explain a bit later but measuring your weights and then sustaining this whole journey throughout the way, right? Then now being able to build that lifestyle of you, like not eating as much and still being able to maintain like that healthy weight. La. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, those are great. Oh yeah, just to add on, okay, uh, I, I think we have a few minutes left, but just to mention, the, the weighing thing, I definitely agree. Uh, at least that's something that I think it's common between both of us, uh, how we lose our weight. Oh, I'm data-driven. Because the even for myself, I don't, I, I started recording at the start of my weight loss, but then halfway through, I got lazy. I don't want to do it anymore. But I think what really worked for me is every day, just even just mentally logging it, going to the weighing scale and just uh, weighing and seeing your change in weight, right? It's a bit of like a, a daily wake up call that, okay, yeah, you know, oh, I, it seems like my weight is increasing a bit. Maybe I should pull back on uh, eating maybe too much today. Uh, at least that's, that's how I motivate myself lah, because if I see my weight is now tending like higher than expected, right? Like or than my regular weight, right? Then it's for myself to, okay, yeah, I should probably consume less. Like maybe I consume a bit too much over the last few days. Yeah. So it, it does give you the daily reminder to try to do the right thing for your body, maybe. Okay. But anyway, we've gone on for two hours now. Uh, Harizan, I think this is the first time you're sharing a big part of your weight loss journey. Uh, and I think especially as a in a public space like the internet, uh, I hope you have enough water. I think I sent a private message just now. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're I'm having a little bit. Water. I need coffee. Yeah. I need more <laughs> coffee as well. <laughs> so you, I think it was morning when we started. I think now it's already tending towards afternoon. So are, are you fasting today, by the way? Yeah, always am. <laughs> always oh, will. okay, okay. Then I hope you get like a good hearty lunch later. So you do lunch and dinner today, right? No lunch, no lunch. Oh, so dinner, dinner, dinner will be your kind of your first meal for today. First meal of the day, and it will be a good meal. Or not, I don't know. Uh, I still haven't decided what to eat. 
because like you know with all this intermittent fasting i can eat whatever i want right i can like mm. gosh myself on mcdonald's oh yeah mcdonald's have a new burger eh? mcdonald's sponsor us <laughs> no, okay no. uh this not <laughs> not sponsored by mcdonald's yet uh sure <laughs> <laughs> that's it like i think earlier on you had a very nice quote hunger is the best spice no, I, I hunger is the best spice yeah, yeah. That, that's it i don't i don't intermittent fast so on days i don't eat as much uh for breakfast and lunch yeah the dinner will be especially nice or at least you will i, I spurge a bit la, for dinner I, I try and make it special uh if, if i didn't consume that much that day uh yeah okay not sure where i was going with that but i do agree with the hunger is the best spice uh but anyway this is the weight loss journey of harizwan um over the last few years starting in the kobe area now 130 all the way down to 80 do reach out to him if you want to find out more tips from him i, I mean i'm gonna do a write-up of this later on as well uh, but I think it's a really inspiring journey. Uh, I think starting from you, like, you know, you mentioned about lying on your bed and then figuring out that you, you need to do something. Up until, like, actioning on it, getting the metrics, doing it today. Maybe you have alerts, I don't know. Um, but until today, like, being able to achieve, like, the amount you have. Okay. Uh, since we have gone on for around two hours now, I need, I need to try and end off this uh, so it doesn't become too long. Um... Uh, okay, I'm just going to skip this. Okay, for those listening audio, you can uh, ignore this part. Uh, but essentially, for we, we have a few topics lined up for the next few weeks. Uh, I'm trying to set up the timing now. Uh, Harizan will be one of the hosts as well. Uh, on the 8th of February, we're going to be talking about a very contentious topic uh, that has been happening in the January of 2024, which is a Simply Go. Uh, so if you're hearing this in the future and you don't know what is this, just know that this is something to do with Easling. We'll talk about it more in the future. Uh, and there's also another topic that I'm trying to get like a product manager and designer. Uh, and then we'll discuss on the topic and we'll see what we're going to do in this podcast. Uh. So this will probably happen around the 17th of February period, which is a Saturday. Um, yeah, so beyond that, I think this is the end of our sessions for today. Uh, social links for Big O. If you like our content, please do visit our page, uh, our LinkedIn page, Facebook, YouTube, all that uh, good stuff. Uh, reach out to me if you you know you want to collaborate on something. Um, and yeah, uh, I think that's the end of our stuff today. Uh, I think the next slide is the last slide already. Uh, anything to add, Horizon, before we finish off uh, our session for today? Yeah, yes, I just want to do a a a quick like point where the mm. like in this whole episode like the first part is all about exercise and the second part is all about diet so yeah mm. it's kind of like pick your poison in a sense on how you would do weight management between the two the two different approaches two different schools of thoughts in a sense um and each person's body is unique in their own specific way uh you might react better for exercise or you might react better with just no diet like mine so yeah <laughs> that's kind of it i think that's that's great pick your poison uh i i guess yeah it's both um what's that both of these methods require motivation or like uh determination uh on both fronts like yeah if you're intermittent fasting you definitely have to have that control same thing as if you want to run uh or exercise like i don't say run a like, gym run anything like that yeah, I think there's some level of motivation there as well. Uh, but I think yeah, the common method there being that you do need, if you're looking at weight loss or at least like even fitness, uh, I think the most important thing for me uh, to say is the most important time is today. Uh, I think if you start working on it today, figure out you know what's the next step next. Uh, and then yeah, I think tips by Horizon, start measuring, 
figure out uh, how you can get to the next stage, the next KG loss, next 10 KG loss. I think those are really important milestones you can set out for yourself. But it has to start first with that motivation. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, with that, uh, the end, this is the end of our very long uh, podcast. It's actually almost at two hours. Thank you so much, Harizan, for sharing with us our, uh, your journey. I, I believe it has to be, this is really private, but really great grateful that you are able to you know share with us uh in the public like this i think i also run out of water i right? so you get some water soon yeah <laughs> same <laughs> okay horizon, see you around. Oh, sorry all right see you oh okay see you around horizon bye-bye Bye. thanks for joining